Hello, my name is Jacob Schondel. I am the Webmaster and Media and Technology Committee Chair for Shepherd of the Valley, and you are listening to the ShepherdCast, the weekly podcast from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Sandyville, Ohio. Each week, we bring you our weekly sermon in audio form, as well as our weekly Bible readings. We thank you for joining us for worship, as even though you may not have been able to join us on Sunday morning, we are glad to have you with us through this podcast. Now, if you like what you hear, and you're able, and you live in the Northeast Ohio area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about our worship experience at sotvchurch.com slash worship. In case you're curious what the readings are for this Sunday, or you would like to follow along in your Bible, we will be taking a look at the readings listed in our show notes for today's episode. Also, when we read our readings, those come out of the NRSV translation of the Bible. So, without further ado, here's this week's readings read by our lay reader, followed by the Gospel and Sermon by the Rev. Scott J. Anderson. Good morning. Good morning. The first lesson is taken from Jeremiah, chapter 28, verses 5 through 9. The prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Haniah in the presence of the priest and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen! May the Lord do so! May the Lord fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring back to this place from Babylon, the vessels of the house of the Lord, and all the exiles. But listen now to this word that I speak in your hearing, and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalm which we will read responsibly is Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4, 15 through 18. Your love, O Lord, forever will I sing. From age to age, my mouth will proclaim your faithfulness. For I am persuaded that your steadfast love is established forever. You have set your faithfulness firmly in the heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and preserve your throne for all generations. Happy are the people who know the festal shout. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your presence. They rejoice daily in your name. They are jubilant in your righteousness. For you are the glory of their strength, and by your favor our might is exalted. Truly, our shield belongs to the Lord, our King to the Holy One of Israel. The second lesson is taken from Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. Do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments 
of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you have having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage of you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter, beginning at the 40th verse. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the 12, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, None of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise and let us pray. Gracious and wonderful God, we sing your praises and we give you thanks, dear Lord, for all that you have done throughout all of history. We, like the psalmist, give you thanks and praise for our throughout all time. We ask, dear Lord, to remember your faithfulness that you have shown throughout the years. Be a source of comfort and strength during this time of trouble. We ask, dear Lord, to help us in return to show you our loyalty and our love for you. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit upon me that I may preach your word truthfully and faithfully in this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have any of you been to Saratoga, New York? Okay. 
Uh, and uh, besides the racetrack there, uh, an important battle took place uh, during the American Revolution. And uh, it was a key victory for the colonists, and uh, that victory was uh, due in part to the actions and bravery of someone you've heard of, General Benedict Arnold. So when they decided to honor this uh, site of this key uh, victory during the American Revolution, it left kind of a conundrum for historians and park uh, personnel. How do you go about preserving the history uh, and at the same time uh, not glorify the most well-known traitor uh, in American history? So uh, if you've been to that battlefield, uh, you will note that there is a small monument there uh, to Benedict Arnold's foot. Not Benedict Arnold, but his foot uh, is the place where his foot was injured during the battle. So uh, maybe uh, there is some insight here in today's uh, world uh, and how to deal with uh, monuments to traitors. Today, our readings deal with loyalty. And uh, the beginning verses of Psalm 89 celebrate God's loyalty uh, to God, uh, this covenant that is made with David. This is another biblical passage that brought back music to me when I was singing with the music group at Campus Ministry at Ohio State. And the lyrics of that folk tune uh, are very true to the song. You'll recognize verses three and four in the opening verse. I have made a covenant with my chosen, given my servant my word. I have made your name to last forever, built to last all time. Hope is rooted in God's fidelity and God's loyalty to David, and also by extension to God's people under David's rule, and as we look at that psalm, and over time to us throughout all generations. The steadfast love and faithfulness of the Lord rules over all of creation. Uh, in verses that we didn't hear, uh, verses five through eight, uh, God's loyalty is there in the heavens. In verses 9 and 10, uh, God's loyalty is there uh, under the seas and over all the dry land in verses 11 through 18, which we heard a part of this morning. However, we are also reminded that this covenant with God is not a one-way, but it is a two-way street. And so we too are called to be faithful and loving in our response to what God has given us. The psalmist also sings of such a response, and it is the refrain of this folk hymn, and it's based on verses 1 to 2, as we heard this morning. I will celebrate your love forever, Yahweh, age on age, my words proclaim your love. For I claim that love is built to last forever, founded firm 
your faithfulness. So how do we go about celebrating God's love? How do we proclaim uh, God's love with our words uh, and make that same claim that God's love is built to last forever? Our other three readings this morning, I think, help us out in that regard in looking at our loyalty to God. In our first reading, Jeremiah was shown his loyal love to God despite the hardships and humiliations that he experienced. And we recall what happened to him last week, uh, being thrown in the stocks and being mocked and spat on and beaten. And there seems to be a face-off, if you like hockey in hockey terms, uh, between Jeremiah and Hananiah after the Babylonians have conquered Judah. Uh, if you don't like that, if you remember the movie Deliverance and the dueling banjos, this is kind of what's been going on. Hananiah says something, then Jeremiah says something, then Hananiah says something, then Jeremiah says something. Uh, and Hananiah, his theme basically gives the king and the people what they really want to hear. Hey, you know, uh, the Babylonians, uh, they're just going to be around here for two years. Don't worry about it. Uh, all the exiles, all the treasures that they looted from the temple and everything else, they're all going to be returned, uh, and everybody should start rebelling against the invaders, you know, uh, because this is uh, just the beginning of the end of their reign and captivity of us. Well, there was a flaw in that logic, and that is that the king, Hananiah, and the people refused to acknowledge that they and their sin were the problem. Enter Jeremiah. Contrastingly, Jeremiah's prophecy is tantamount to treason uh, to the kingdom of Judah, but at the same time, loyal to God. The exiles, according to Jeremiah and his word he received from God, will be long uh, because God's judgment to, on Judah and its sinful ways of injustice and neglect of the poor is going to be carried out. Jeremiah wore a wooden yoke reminding the people uh, to submit to the Babylonians. Uh, this was the only peaceful response that they could do and accept their punishment. Hananiah then decided, well, we are going to break the yoke of uh, the Babylonian rule. And so he broke Jeremiah's wooden uh, yoke. Unfazed, God tells Jeremiah, all right, if he's going to break the wooden yoke, I'm going to make an iron yoke on the people, and it's going to last even longer. And by the way, go around wearing an iron yoke. I dare Hananiah to try to break that. So as we hear these contrasting and different prophecies uh, from two different prophets, Hananiah and Jeremiah, it poses a problem for us today in terms of who do we believe? How do we know what is God's will? And how do we properly respond to it? That's a toughie. One constant uh, throughout the Old Testament seems to be that God's message is not always what we expect. 
nor is it necessarily what we want to hear. So if we get to hear things that we want to hear, maybe we should pause and think about uh, things a little bit more. This is true for us today when we hear so many different voices commenting on the year 2020 as we try to make the proper choices in how we respond to live in the midst of the coronavirus and racial injustice. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, also shows us another way for us to live in covenant. Now, Paul, in this section of the Romans, shares what sin is. And so how to properly acknowledge that sin among us is uh, what he's trying to drive at. I think, think of it this way in terms of today, that sin is the ultimate pandemic. I mean, it's been there with us since the beginning of humanity, and we still haven't found a cure for it, and it certainly hasn't been wiped out uh, in that regard. And so like the coronavirus, uh, we may not have the cure for sin, but we do have the means to help prevent the spread of the virus of sin. And that is what we heard in the opening verse from today's reading in Romans, which actually is a conclusion of what we heard last Sunday. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Sin is always within us. It's always a struggle within us. And we always have to try to will to do the right thing, to do God's will, to be compassionate, uh, to be an instrument of grace. To understand where Paul is coming from, Paul considers all people to be servants of some kind. And he sees no escape from this. One can be a servant to sin, which leads to death, or one can be a servant of righteousness, that sense of being right with God and conforming and doing what God requires of us. And this leads to life. At the beginning of his letter, Paul already helps his choice to the Romans. He's already given them the answer, so to speak, when he describes himself. And the opening of Romans uh, is Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Okay, so he's not a servant of anything else but Jesus Christ. Called to be an apostle, he accepts his calling uh, that uh, each and every one of us has. Set apart for the gospel of Christ, of God. And again, that's the idea Paul is getting at with this word sanctification, to be set apart uh, in being who you're called to be, setting apart to be a servant of Jesus Christ. So when we stop and think about this definition that Paul gives us with sin, uh, then uh, you might have heard the popular uh, expression, if you're old like me, 64 or thereabouts, um, you might remember Flip Wilson when he was Geraldine and the infamous words, the devil made me do it, you know? But that's no longer an excuse, according to Paul. 
The power of sin has been broken. We prisoners of sin have been made freed by the cross of Christ to live in righteousness, not sin. The problem is, is that we are so accustomed to sin that it's difficult to live differently, and we need to be very conscious of that. Uh, for example, uh, on one of his programs, Jack Hanna showed a cheetah, and it had been uh, wrongly confined to a crate, and that was all the cheetah had known for most of its life. An animal rescuer obtained the cheetah and brought it to an area where the cheetah could move about more more freely. However, uh, when the cheetah first came to this new rescue place uh, and it was brought to its new environment, the cheetah would pace as if it was still in the crate. It took a while for the cheetah to adjust and, and understand that the cheetah had a lot more room to maneuver. I think that that's true for us too, that we need time. We need time to make adjustments uh, to all this uh, changing world that we have had in 2020. And it just seems like every time we get used to doing something, then conditions change and we gotta do something else. We do need this time to absorb all that is taking place around us. Matthew uh, gives us a further insight in living in this covenant with God. Jesus teaches us to show hospitality, to be welcoming to our neighbor. It's not enough to be a servant of Jesus Christ, but also a servant of our neighbor. And especially as Jesus points out to those who cannot uh, return the favor. It is through Holy Communion we live in the new covenant with God, signed and sealed in Jesus' blood. And God continues to shower his steadfast and loyal love on us and future generations. Today, we in turn are called to trust God in any situation like Jeremiah. To sing God's praises like the psalmist. To choose to be a servant of Jesus Christ to be set apart for the gospel, to answer our calling like Paul, and to love and welcome our neighbor as Jesus taught us. And to this all of God's children said, Amen. You just heard a very special sermon from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church. We thank you for listening to the Shepherd Cast this week. If you are listening in the Northeast Ohio area, we invite you to join us for worship if you are able. Our services are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about our worship environment at our church by visiting sotvchurch.com worship. We are a church in service. If you wish to support our podcast, we hope you will support us by supporting our outreach. Whether the Spirit moves you to volunteer with one of our outreach programs or you choose to contribute to the church in another way. One way you can support our church is through the Amazon Smile program, where the nonprofit of your choice can receive 0.5% of the purchase price of products sold while costing you nothing extra. You can get started by going to smile.amazon.com and searching for Shepherd of the Valley Evangelical Lutheran Church. 
course, we encourage you to keep up with our church at our website at sotvchurch.com. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at sotvsandyville. We will be back with another message next week. Tune in then. Until then, we thank you for listening, and God bless.